Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour, and we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news, every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown-up fun, interesting and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh. And for more grown-up fun, visit our website, The Three Tomatoes, and the three is spelled out, and sign up for our newsletters. Now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode. Hello, tomatoes. Welcome back to The Three Tomatoes Happy Hour podcast. I'm Kim Selby, the San Francisco editor of the Three Tomatoes newsletter, and I'm so happy to be back with you today with another amazing guest, Paula Jennings, is here to meet with me today, and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. She is originally from Ireland and moved to New York City, I love this, with barely enough money to pay a month's deposit on an apartment. So you can tell she's very cool because she boldly stepped into her Wall Street career for 25 years and then transitioned into empowering women and coaching. And she's a yoga teacher. She's so amazing. And I love women who have made transformations in their lives. So let's get into your story and welcome, Paula. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Three Tomatoes, for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to converse with you over the next little while. <laughs> it's it's great because as I was chatting with Paula prior to recording, I was like, where's that lilting Irish accent? I mean, I was expecting a leprechaun to pop from my screen. <laughs> well, I am known as the Irish fairy, not quite a leprechaun. Right. <laughs> but you have obviously tamped down that Irish accent because I do know people from the UK who still have their very strong English accent after 30 years here, but you just have a teeny tiny little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure how to just how that came about. I think mainly because I probably I tend to be somebody who fits in with the environment around her, maybe. Um, and so and I never had a really strong accent to begin with. But yeah, I would I, I love it. I don't like the fact that my accent is not is not still still audible. And I love it when people pick up on that I'm from Ar Ar Ireland. It excites me. <laughs> Ireland, Ireland. I Ireland. love accents. I love it. Well, I could talk about Ireland all day. I love never having been there, but I love Irish people always. Tell our listeners. So you were you just came to New York. You uh, you I read that you also have you know degrees from Trinity. Yeah. Uh, and did you come over after you went to college and got your master's or did you come before? A little bit after then, actually, my my New York life, I'm like the Phoenix. I definitely have had a few lives in this life. And so my New York life began when I was 29, which is a very um, important year. It's like when our Saturn returns. Right. So that was a new beginning for me. My 20s had not been such a fun time. I had been ill a lot, of, a lot of my 20s and it had kind of taken me out of life. So coming here was a sort of brave, bold step that my father said over my dead body <laughs> was not in favor. Um, but my mom was great and she really pushed me and she knew that I needed to, in order to reinvent myself, I needed to leave the surroundings of what was a difficult time. 
So yeah, it was, I was 29. I was clueless. I had a friend's couch to sleep on. I was very nervous. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, um, you know, my mother in the, actually the goddess, as I say, in the form of my mother called me up and said, there's a, there's a, in the Irish times, there's an advertisement for a job on, in, on, on Wall Street in, in finance for people who have green cards. So I checked off both of those boxes, made my merry way down to Bankers Trust at the time, which was a boutique investment firm into, um, and the area I was going to join, which I had never heard of even before was the derivatives, which was a product at the time also that was fairly innovative and new. And, um, I went and met this, this gentleman, Tim Koval is his name, my first boss here. And for some reason, he took a chance on me. He hired me. And that weekend, I spent the weekend doing an Excel course because, I, <laughs> because I'm not really sure I was that qualified for the job. But you know, <laughs> this is what we do. We jump in with both feet when the opportunities come. And that started, I started that Monday. And really, it was the beginning of a whole new life, like a whole, whole new life. Rooted, of course, and I haven't forgotten, and I love Ireland. I go every year. But for me personally, it, I needed, and I think some people, this what happens to them. My role in the family was certainly one. Um, I was always felt different. I always felt that I was adopted, right, or something. So for me, the next step of my journey, for me to step into and blossom into who I am today, I needed to get out of the, the narrower version of who I was back in, back in Dublin. Well, that makes sense. You were able, though, to pick yourself up and reinvent yourself, which is really something that not everyone has the ability to do. And then you spent the next 25 years on Wall Street, right? Did. Yes, it's hard to it's hard to imagine, I think, looking at me right now. Right. So I did. And it was a, I had a fantastic time. I really um, I joined this group and I had made really good friends. Um, I was very curious. And I really loved my, I loved it in the beginning. It was my life. I mean, I literally became, in fact, I probably worked more hours than, than there was to be available, but um, yeah, I did. And, and by the end of it, one time I left, I was the chief operating officer of Deutsche Bank, of the, the finance division in, in, in Deutsche Bank, had had incredibly rich experiences traveling all over the world. In, those, in that period, I also got married and had two great children and, um, yeah, and then it was time to move on. But there's a whole story in there too, of course. Well, we need to know what prompted you, briefly, if you can, what prompted you to get to where you are today. But what are the years that you were in New York? I mean, that you were working on Wall Street. I came 94. Okay. I came, no, was it 96? Maybe No, maybe it was 96. And so I left in 2015, around then. So that, I don't know if the math works out, but something around then. Um, so I... Yeah, it was it was a long time. It feels like I, time gets distorted sometimes. It fe, you know, in some ways, it, it feels like how could I have spent that much of my life indoors in a concrete building? Not really, you know. It's, when I think about me today, I don't really know how I did it. But it was a calling, and honestly, I think for me, it was very much about um, the relationships that I made, and I was able to use my my gifts, I guess, as somebody who brings people together. You know, as COO, we we weave together the processes, the technology, the people, and the people part was my favorite part. And being alone, well, yes, being a lone person on the senior management team by the time I was, by the time you know, by the few years before I left, 
um, I became an advocate for women, for women. And I really found through, I guess, through that, through my experiences, I had a lot of rich experiences. Some of them were not fun, as you can imagine. There was some people that I came across that were, it was, it was difficult and it was stressful. And also it was a great learning ground. It was a great teaching ground. I tend to be somebody who's very open and I trust first. Um, I learned the hard way <laughs> to become more discerning and to know when to take the sword out versus the rose, right? So it was a fantastic training ground, especially for what I do now. Um, but, and also it took, it took its toll on my health. It took its toll on my marriage. The same year that my career came to an end, my marriage came to an end. It definitely took its toll on, well, I would say it took its toll on my relationships and the support system, which is something that was always very important to me in my life. But I withdrew um, towards the, I mean, I guess that was the last several years um, because I over I became overwhelmed because I was always trying, I was, I, I'm what's called an over, an, an insecure overachiever. I wanted to take on everybody's, you know, and make fix everything. My door was always open. I had everybody in my office all the time. I was helping people. But meanwhile, things at home were not going so great. So it's that, you know, it's that lessons we learn through the choices that we make and then um, coming back to center. And um, for me, the aha moment of coming back to center was in Paris. So Deutsche Bank sent me on a women's global women's leadership program, first of its kind, very different than anything else that we'd ever, that I'd ever experienced there. I'd been in a number of mentoring programs. And through that program, we got to be coached. We got to do art therapy. And we were, it was all on the, on the guise of, um, you know, leadership and how women lead and authenticity and belonging, cultural differences, et cetera. And so during that process, I guess it was, I was away from home, it was 2012. And I had a real epiphany that um, there was a lot of areas. I was, I was asked to draw a picture of myself, my head, my heart, the future and the past. And in that process, I really had a huge epiphany that there was really nothing about my life that I was happy with in that moment. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I recognized, you know, we talk about the masks, right? We talk about the masks. I recognized that there was this big, happy, smiley face mask on my face, um, but my heart was broken and I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I knew my future wouldn't materialize if I continued going on the way that I had gone in the past. I mean, that one simple exercise was so profound <laughs> and obviously a lot of things led up to that, but um and I made my mind up. I was going to um, go to Columbia and do, you know, do the teaching, uh, the, the coaching certification. I made up my mind. I was going to spend more time with my children. I was going to start to, you know, take care of my health better. And really from 2012 till I left Deutsche Bank, my best two year, years there probably were the last two because I had such a blast and I really stepped into myself. And I think I was probably more effective because I had found the authentic Paula and she came out and people liked her more than the, the one that was pretending to be somebody that she wasn't, you know, or trying to please people or, you know, whatever it was. It was from an insecure, I was leading from an insecure place perhaps. Um, or yes, a place, to, a place that was, about trying to keep up and not feeling good enough as opposed to a place where I felt fully that I could own my power, my presence, my feminine leadership. I was, you know, I was a man where, I mean, for basically for 20 years, I wore suits and, and you know, suits and I acted like a man. And that was sort of easy for me for some reason. But um, 
the feminine started to come knocking on my door. And that was what that, you know, that's what woke me up to um, take the steps. And then I, um, I left, yeah, I left, I think it was the January of 2016. So, so you um, made that decision, you embraced your feminine self, but you wouldn't have done that had you not had that experience. I mean, I think everything was leading up to you becoming the force and empowering coach for women. Because when I was reading about you, I understand that's where your joy comes from. So you had to go through the male side of you in order to break through and realize, oh, there's another side of me. So probably, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but oh, if I'm struggling, there are other women out there who are struggling. And we at The Three Tomatoes are all about empowering women. Because so often we are left in the dust and we don't embrace our own power, our own ability to own our femininity. Yes, that's, you are, you hit the, the, the nail on the head, um, totally. And I, you know, I think growing up in a family that was loving, but also in a culture that did not honor the, fem the feminine in, in many ways. We had a lot of, I mean, divorce wasn't even, uh, wasn't even legal until after I left. We had, you know, only recently has um, abortion and the use of contraceptives really come in, in very, like, very recent history when you think about it. So I, you know, chose to be born and I, and I believe that we choose everything that happens in our life. I'm a firm believer that there's no accidents and all of the choices we make, you know, I feel it's like the samurai sword, right? Samurai sword becomes strong because in my case, it, it kept on going back in the fire and I needed to, that was my journey this, this lifetime. So growing up in that environment and in an environment where men were honored more than women were in some ways, and there had been um, a dishonoring of the matriarchal system, you know, through the ownership of land and land passing down male to male. So all of those things, I guess, had me um, had me uh, have this relationship with my male, which was over, you know, which was that's what's going to get, you know, that stoic Irish, keep on working hard, work hard and, and, and everything will work out OK. And it, yes, that is what I needed to do during those. I don't, I don't regret a moment. I had the best, best, best time. I met the best friends. I have so many great contacts um, from that and friends from that time of my life. And it was, um, it was a time that really did shape who I am today and allow me to understand what it is like to be the, you know, the only or the, the one person in, in an environment where everybody else thinks differently than you. Um, I think I had found myself in that position a lot. And it's a huge benefit because my insight was so valued because it was different than everybody else's. And it made me also a great ally to the other senior women there and also to human resources so that I could affect change in a way that was not, um, that none of the men could because they didn't care as much, right? They didn't care about the things as much. So things like um, the steering committee for women on Wall Street or the initiatives. And I also, you know, I set the example myself when I was hired by Deutsche Bank, it was a, it was a contractor, it was after my son had, a consultant after my son was born, I went back to, to cover some senior women's um, maternity leave. And so for a couple of years, they were trying to hire me. I was like, I'll, I'll, you can hire me when you give me a job that's gonna be three days a week. <laughs> Yeah, as, as more people need that, more people. Well, yeah. I, 
I, we, I also really want to know what you're doing now, what okay. you left your job. Let's hear the juicy stuff of about you know, what you chose to do. Okay. So I, yeah, I jumped off the cliff. Um, and yeah, the cliffs of more, you, you jumped off the more. cliffs of more again more and landed on Inishmore, beautiful islands. No, um, I jumped off the cliff and I set up a company that and did the certification in executive coaching. I also did some work in, um, I worked with Brendan Burchard, who has this high performance coaching. And I, um, I was then also taken on this other journey, which is a whole other part of the story. But so I started to do that. I started to support women. I did a transformation course, which is really hugely transformational. It's, it's this all true New York City in the city and it's in, in New York City. And so through that, I had some major sort of aha moments really around responsibility for myself and what I wanted to do. And so I did a lot of volunteering coaching through that program. It's a self-sustaining community. Um, I wasn't ready to go back into the corporate space completely. So the clients I had were actually more, um, what I noticed is that I started to gravitate more towards um, the language of energy and the language of understanding my own, um, I guess, buried traumas that I hadn't dealt with myself. So for a few years, I had the company going, um, and, but I wasn't making it, I wasn't, thank God I had a great cushion. I got a great severance package. So I really, um, what I did then was really go on this deeper spiritual journey that my heart had always, my soul was always edging me towards and to find out who I am. And so I invested hugely in myself. I took a lot of trainings, um, everything from shamanism to Kundalini yoga to, I spent a lot of time alone. I put my family back together. I mean, really that was the most important part. I had two children who had, you know, who were now um, the, the children of two divorced parents and Keith and I came together and we really consciously managed through that. Cause that was my, I think that was my real priority. Um, as well as managing all the other things, right? So I was, I, I had, I did, I tried a lot of different things. And then I set up another company, it was called Anam Evolution. And Anam Evolution is soul evolution. Because what I came to realize is that we, until we build a solid foundation of a relationship, a deep relationship with our own psyche, with who we are, um, until we do that, it's very difficult to find, to actually find your true belonging, your true place in the world and to find your power. So um, through this is, is where, where I am now. And I, I provide, I really support and empower women to go in to find their inner source of, of, of strength. And that could be removing some distortions, some programming, some beliefs, self-beliefs that are limiting them. Um, I work with a lot with, with breath work, with meditation. Also, these tools that allow us to release ourselves of stress because we're constantly under stress, especially now we're bombarded with technology. We're bombarded with, obviously, through the pandemic. So it's about shining the diamond, right? It's about sort of teaching people how to deal with the pressure because life is always going to come at, at us. And how do you stay centered during that? And how do you not abandon yourself and abandon what you believe in because for me you know whatever for whatever reason I think because of a trauma in my early 20s I had this habit of constantly abandoning who I was and what I believed in because in order to fit in and belong so there was this trade-off so that's really what I I, I, I I hopefully I keep it real I don't I don't 
I don't, I'm not interested in conversations that are surface. I really am. And I'm, I go deep. Um, people who work with me tend to want to have big transitions and, and transformations in their life. They're all in and they're committed to it. So I like to work with people who, um, who already understand and know that there's something bigger for them. There's a bigger mission that they are here to do. So they're connecting with this larger purpose and they may be stuck. They may not know how to get to the next level, or they do know how to get to the next level always, but their circumstances, their, um, their situation, their programming, their whatever it might be is getting in the way. So, yeah. and sometimes people need another person in order to draw it out of them. Certainly we all know it's all the knowing is within if we go within, but it really helps. I mean, that's why, you know, people go to counselors or therapy and, but it is much more helpful, I find, or it is much certainly much more popular these days to go to a coach, someone who actually cares about you as a person. And it seems that this program that you have created is what is exactly what that does. So this is a program that is not just, it, it's your own creation. Is that correct? Through all of the different modalities and trainings that you have incurred throughout your lifetime, you've put this to use. And I think what sends, sets you apart from others is your experience in the business world, you know, reaching the title of COO, you've been there and you can take all of what you've learned, plus all of your coaching, this is what I'm hearing, at least what I'm reflecting back, <laughs> and bring it out in others, bring it to others. And I can see how people would be attracted to you as a coach, because you've had this vast array of experiences. And do you work primarily with women or only women? I work primarily with women. I would never turn a man away. Um, so yes, and my program is called Metamorphosis because it's that idea that we're going through this process and we turn, you know, when you're in that pupa stage, I think some of us, most of us ended up there a little bit last year, you know, to, and uh, when the butterfly comes out, it, it isn't, there's no DNA even that relates to the, to the stage that they were in before. So it's this idea that we can, we can truly release and let ourselves go but the most hard, the hardest thing in life is to let go right to me that's the path to awakening and so i well, the reason i work with women primarily is that i think that i because of the experiences i've had as you've just said and because i have lived this life as a woman i can relate to all of the neuroses and all of the all of the voices that come up and i'm very much a coach that will work with you where you're at. So it's this idea of co-pilot. I'm your co-pilot. We're, we're on this journey together. And I, I'm always amazed at how, um, I'm always amazed at how when, when women commit, so when we commit to the change and we're ready for it, everything just seems to magically come and, and support us. So I, that's why I love my job because there's so much that is not even I don't I feel like I'm the hollow bone it comes through me but it's not an effort because you open up into that infinite possibility into that field you know of infinite possibilities and all of a sudden big shifts and changes starts to happen and that's really the that's the most incredible space to be and um, and it is absolutely important to have somebody by your side because What's happening is we're going through a spiritual emergency, an emergence. There's an emergence happening. And sometimes, and even with me, I have to tell you that there was times where that turned into an emergency. I 
you know, I, I through certain practices, I, I over, I, I guess I, um, I got myself in a place where I wasn't, I didn't know who I was anymore. And it was like, I had this crisis. And if I didn't have the people around me knowing exactly what was happening, or I, I might've thought that I was, you know, losing my mind at times. I mean, that's the, that's the nature of the process. Now it may not be for everybody, but for me, it, that's how it was. So I'm particularly interested in working with women who, um, who maybe have had trauma in their past um, they may have worked it through already, but they may kind of notice that there's something still holding them back from coming out and, and really speaking what it is they want to say, whether it's to their loved ones or whether it's for their career. Um, and especially now with, with the pandemic, the, uh, the women have been the hardest hit. You know, the recent report has shown that one in four senior women are considering leaving. And the women I speak to, they're feeling the pressure more than ever. So I can identify with that. And I can also, yeah, in a very practical way, help you navigate that so that you're able to set the boundary because a lot of it is about boundary setting and finding balance to me is about being very clear about how, um, about what you want and what you desire and then being able to set up a boundary so that you don't allow other people to cross that and then feel like you've abandoned yourself. Yeah, and I wanna emphasize the fact that everybody has trauma. I mean, it, it, is, it may be a vast, huge trauma, but it also may be something you don't quite realize. You may have experienced trauma coming out of the birth canal. You know, you may have had the umbilical cord wrapped around your neck and that, from what I understand and the research I've done, that can affect you throughout your life without you realizing it. And the other thing is, I want to encourage, you know, our listeners tend to be women over 40, and they may have already retired from their careers. But that doesn't mean that they can't benefit, we can all benefit from coaching. Because don't we all want to live a more empowered, joyful life? It's the rare person who has reached that pinnacle and can say, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> You know, I mean, I feel like we can all use it. A hundred percent. I am, you know, like this, I'm 57. This, well, I was 50, I'm 58 this year. And I, this year I took up, um, I, I did my first podcast. I took up pottery. I took up art lessons. I'm finding new, new aspects of myself. I had no idea that even existed. So there's no time, like there's no time like now, especially to go and, and, you know, think about what was that thing you always wanted to do as a child that you haven't actually realized Let's, let's get together. Let's do it. You know, because, you know, that's the other thing at the end of their life, as we know, people do never regret doing things. They right. only ever regret not, not. doing it. Absolutely. So. Well, during the pandemic, I I'm 64 and I got my yoga teacher training online. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love learning new things. And I really encourage all of our listeners try new things. And I think people know that now. Perhaps they've walked tentatively into the water of watercolors or of cooking or whatever it is. But I think it's so important. You're a living example of someone who it's never too late. Just keep reinventing yourself. Keep adding on the layers because it's what's inside of you that's going to help you in whatever steps you're taking. You know, you're never too old. You know, it, no. it's it's amazing. We we have to kind of wind up our time here. And in closing, do you have anything you want to say about empowering or empowerment to our listeners that might start them on the path. You know, some people tend to not open their eyes 
and maybe something you can say that will help them realize. Well, you did just say you you reinvented yourself, you know, 57, whatever. Mm. But any other words before we close? Uh, yeah, I would love to remind everybody that um, I guess it takes time to slow, slow down because who you are or who you think you are is only a fraction of who you are. You, there's so much that we, there's what we know, what we don't know, and what we don't know, we don't know. So I would say, get into the space of what you don't know, you don't know, spend a little time there. And really you are a divine spark of divinity, whatever it is that you call this source, you are it. So you, you're here this lifetime with a purpose. Don't leave this lifetime without fulfilling that purpose. Oh, that is beautiful. Thank you so much, Paula. This has been oh, such a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Kim. Loved it. Loved it. And where can people find you? So people can find me on Instagram, Paula Jennings 108, or my website, Paula at PaulaJennings.com. All right. Well, we'll put it in the show notes as well. So thank you. And thank you, Tomatoes, for listening. And we'll see you next time.